You're welcome to Uplift Podcast. Our mission is to use this podcast to empower the community, create founders, and foster learning through technology and entrepreneurship. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, it means you're ready. You're ready to have that major breakthrough in your personal development, business, and career today. So stay tuned to discover what's possible from some of the greatest minds in business and technology today. I'm your host, Ango Mustafa. With me on today's episode of Public Podcast is Mr. Mubarak Damilari Tiamiyu. He's popularly known as M- MD Tiamiyu. He's the king of motivation. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, a toastmaster. He's a 2016 Mandela Washington Fellow and he's a data scientist. Yeah. Right. So right. tell us more about yourself. Well, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure having me on the Uplift um, podcast today. Um, just like you've mentioned, almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I do a couple of things, but most passionately, I believe that I was born to help one billion people wow. do better. Uh, I mean, be more, do more, and become and fulfill their destinies. Wow. Uh, yeah, because at some point, everybody needs to find out the reason why they were born. Uh, somebody said, I think it was uh, Thomas Hiddleston that said that there are two most important days in your life. The very two most important days in everybody's lives. First is the day you were born, and you want to guess what the second day is. <laughs> I guess maybe the day you discovered what you were meant to do. Exactly, the okay. day you discover why you were born. Why you were born? Yeah, okay. those are the two most important days in your life. And um, so the the goal is we want to help enough people to find out why they were born and if you are going to do that you need to find out why you were born first yeah, yeah. so i was born to help people do more be more and fulfill their destinies uh, why are these three things very important um for you to get anywhere in life for you to do above the competition for you to do better than your better than you i mean like like the majority of the people you have to do more than what everybody does you have yeah. to be more than what everybody does and you have to ultimately fulfill your destiny. Uh, so uh, talking about doing more, doing more, talk, it comes from the point of capacity, because everybody does what they know how to do. Everybody acts and operates at that level of understanding. So your ability to be to do more, it comes from you know constant development, which is what what I'm passionate about. It comes from you know growth. It comes from you know a lot of different things it comes from understanding even your environment because sometimes you want to do more but the environment you are is the one you know holding you down for and then next thing is about being more being more than you were yesterday yeah uh, if you notice if, if you notice from some of my speeches I, I talk about growth a lot yeah um, uh, the the saddest thing that can happen to a human being on a daily basis is for you to wake up today and be almost exactly what you were yesterday that's sad like you must constantly dedicate yourself to becoming more than you were yesterday so that's about the being more so it still goes back to you know self-development it goes back to growth it goes it goes back to i mean improving something no matter how small it Mm. is uh the reason why we are here today and then doing what we're doing is because some people dedicate themselves to growth. Yeah. If you look around us, the, te- the television that we have in this room today is not what it used to be 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and if the people who are in charge of this 
of this technology are just sat down, you know, and be comfortable with what they used to have, mm. then the world would not have moved, I mean, from where it used to be. So we have to dedicate ourselves to doing more, being more. The last part, uh, which is the reason why I was born, to help people fulfill their destinies. You see, destiny is, it's a broad topic. We could do an entire mm. podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> but long and short is, um, people, I mean, it, it, a life that doesn't fulfill, whose destiny isn't fulfilled is absolutely a wasted life. Yeah. Um, all of the heroes that we have read about and then we talk about on a daily basis are people who walked towards fulfilling their destinies and a lot of times they do, a lot of times they almost do. Mm. So, but whatever it means, you cannot fulfill a destiny that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, how can you know your destiny? There's a lot of ways to it. So, mm. but maybe when we get into the conversation. Okay. Uh, so, the, so in summary, a lot of the question that I get asked because a lot of people laugh or just say wow when I mentioned that mm. I was born to help one billion people do more, be more and fulfill their destiny. And so the question is where do I get the one billion people from? And I'm like, I mean, that's not a difficult thing. We have seven points four billion human beings in the whole world and i'm not asking for too much i'm not asking for half of the world <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i think i'm not greedy right yeah, yeah. i'm asking for just one billion of the 7.4 billion that people god has made and I, I think that i'm getting god's work done because in the end god has given everybody uh, a task and a goal it will make sense if enough people can actually get to the goal god has set for them and so uh, there are enough people in the world and with technological tools we can reach as many people as that's we true. actually can yes. and that's what we're doing here even on your platform yes so in trying to reach destiny mm. one thing is very important mm. setting goals yeah and being clear well I, yeah so tell us more yeah so um destiny is a tricky topic if people if if people look at it from um, religious point of view, they'll mm. say we should not go there. Mm. It's only God that knows it. But there's something interesting about destiny. Destiny is a two-winged bird. Destiny is a two, I mean, two-way road. Uh, one of my mentors, Richard Adiogun, who I spent a lot of time with, like growing up, still my mentor till today, he used to tell me he has something to say about destiny, which is which wraps it up for me. He said that. Um, for every destiny, there is a destiny. <laughs> I'm going to break it down. For every destiny, there is a destiny. What does that mean? It means that when people come to the world, God destines something for them. God says they are going to become something. But sometimes, the other part of that destiny, whether it will become true or not, still lies on the kind of action they take. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Somebody was destined to be a chairman. God has written that he will be a chairman. Now, if he goes to school and studies medicine and practices medicine and then eventually, you know, continues on that career path, he would end up becoming the chairman of the NMA. Go and write it down. Because mm. it was destined for him to be a chairman, chairman anyways. Yes. Now, the NMA is the Nigerian Medical Association. He will mm. be the chairman of the NMA. But if that same person like doesn't doesn't find himself in an environment where education is popular, or probably just drop out of school and then he joins, um, I mean, with apologies, with with no disrespect, mm -hmm. he joins people who do motorcycling work, 
you understand so they you find out they also have an association mm. called the akumoran mm. i don't know if it's popular mm. yeah, here yeah. in town and whether he likes it or not he's going to become the chairman mm. of the akumoran yeah, now yeah. it was destined that he would be chairman but what particular kind of chairman it would be was left to him mm. i don't know if you understand yes, so, yes. so so there's a destiny in god's in god's hand there's a there's a fulfillment part of that destiny in your hand so the taste and the color you want to give it is how much you actually can strive mm. you understand you you could be destined to be a footballer but um whether or not you're going to win um african best player it's it's another thing i mean uh, it's another conversation entirely so when we talk about destiny we everybody has to sit down you know and find what their talents are then be clear about what they need to do to get to that point because you cannot sleep away your destiny and expect it to be fulfilled mm. and that is the reason why somebody like me is dedicated to helping people fulfill their destinies and the first step we do is getting people to be clear mm. you see clarity is everything, everything yes. clarity is king clarity is is what you need before you do anything else because uh, i used to say this and then for our listeners you may want to write it down i say that no matter how fast you're running if you're running in the wrong direction you can <laughs> never get to the desired destination it's true i'll take it more slowly and again because it's really deep it's not about speed so destiny is not a speed thing it's not who get there first it's about clarity about what exactly you came here to do and um, i have some couple of steps to how people can find whatever their talent is and you know begin to develop that i mean uh, voraciously so i'll take that quote again and no matter how fast you are running if you are running in the wrong direction you can never get to the desired destination. You can get to another destination, mm. but not the desired Desire destination. destination. If everybody's on a race, mm. right? We're racing from here to, I'm uh, not very good with the map, but we're racing from here to Kano, mm. for example. But you took the path to Zaria mm. or something. I mean, I mean Zaria is, is even still related. We're racing from here to Kano and you took the path to Bornu. Mm. See, be going on the highest speed. Mm. Nobody cares. You will not get to the canoe that we're going to mm. even us if we're going one step at a time and we're going at the slowest pace eventually we're going to get to canoe but you that you're running very fast so that's what clarity is yeah. clarity makes you know that you're on the right path doing the right thing at the right time and regardless of the noise and what's noise you know the competition this the 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 flashy things that happen on social media when everybody's comparing themselves mm. to everything you know when everybody <laughs> wants to buy bands because that's what rains regardless of all those noise if mm. you are clear about where you're going you are not bothered you're not disturbed about how many cars your neighbor parked you know he has married his fourth wife and you don't even have mm. one wife yet because your path could be completely different from his path mm. most likely and so um that's how it is and that, that that's a lot to digest. <laughs> <laughs> so, one other thing you earlier mentioned that you're passionate about is tech and innovation. Yeah. So tell us more. Well, technology is um, is an amazing tool. I, I I mean, we we can't be grateful enough. We're living in the best time ever. I I say this repeatedly that we're the luckiest humans God has ever made. Like, mm. not the world has never been this 
this efficient mm -hmm. everything is easy today um I, i'm not i'm not old enough to tell you how the world used to be like 45 years ago but then we have we have it documented um i i i did a joke in lagos on one of my events and i said that god has allowed us to do so much mm -hmm. let's let's just be very thankful mm -hmm. if god wakes up mm -hmm. And he undoes, you know. There's always a control Z. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can, we, we only, we only. I hope we can live to tell how difficult the world would yeah. be. Like he just control Z the internet, he <laughs> control Z flying the airplane, control Z ship. Mm. I mean, people that use shipping, you know, he mm. control Z online. Digi I mean, digital. <laughs> all of the things you have bought online, you can't buy it again. He control Z. Um, what do you call it now? Telecommunication. It it controls all of these things, rockets and that's that's like going back to the Stone Age. I mean, <laughs> so so we cannot even. If we want to begin to say what technology has, has brought to us, it's a lot. I mean, look at what we're doing here today. Uh, we're we're recording a podcast for the platform, and definitely, you know, hundreds of lives would be improved by this. Yeah. I mean, there's never been a time this because if we wanted to do this in 1985. It would have been a, a standard radio station, mm. right? You will have needed a license. You need an employment from governments to be able to do all of these things. But now, when the age of the internet, like you can be independent, you know, you you can do anything, and then you can also do it on a very low budget. You can be in your room and do all of this entirely, mm -hmm. you know. So technology is very very um, interesting. For me, uh, it, it took me time to fall in love with technology. Growing up, I used to hate um, anything computer, <laughs> and I, I mean, there's a, there's a short story to that. I studied computer science by accident. <laughs> like I need to, <laughs> I need to like that by accident. In fact, I hated computers so much that uh, when I got my admission to study computer science, I cried. Like I, I, I was, I was checking on the cyber cafe and I was crying. And people were congratulating me, and I'm like, "Are you people all right? Like, do you know, do you know what I, do you know what I've been through?" Mm. So, and the reason why I, I, I had uh, this wrong perception about computing early enough was the orientation that we had back then in secondary school. Uh, we had a, we had, we had a computer, computer science. Did they call it computer science or computer knowledge? Mm. You know. Um, computer literacy blah 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 teacher mr labi mm. i mean i can remember like back then in the in the school so he comes to class and he defines he defines a computer as an electronic machine mm. i mean you probably know this definition it's capable of uh, accepting, accepting data processing, processing data <laughs> you know and giving information yeah. the unfortunate part is where is the electronic machine sir like we can't see it mm. you know where's the data that is processed mm. and accepting where's the information that is giving us so somehow it took me time it, um it was it was a long time into my adolescent years that i discovered that i'm actually an audio visual learner you know i asked i took a test and then it, it linked everything that i've done in my past together and then give me my learning profile and you know we're talking about that just just some moment ago um, so 
I discovered that if you if I'm going to learn anything effectively, I need to at least see that thing. So my inability to access a computer or see it, you know, make it look like an abstract thing, and then I disliked it from from the get go. So I fell in love with other things like the human, I mean, sciences. Uh, so I used to be very excellent in biology mm. uh, when I was in secondary school. So much that uh, my colleagues used to nickname me modern biology like that was my new <laughs> that was my nickname back in school i mean among some of my friends and i wanted to study medicine because i love you know what doctors do i love the fact that i can see what i was doing i used to diagnose things like we kill a, a chicken in my house and then i'm labeling everything my uncle's like how did you know so much things um during the eight and uh, when we kill when we started the ram um i mean i'm talking about the comparison between um, what the, the, the organs that mm. the ram has and the human beings have in common, mm. the ones the human beings have and the animals don't have, blah, 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 you know. There are some things called vestigial organs and all that. Mm. I bought my, I bought an Oxford Dictionary of Medicine in SS2. <laughs> now, not with anybody's money, but with the money that I saved. Nice. Just to nice. tell you how much I was already in how love. How passionate. How passionate, you know. <laughs> I did jump twice. Um, I didn't fail jump, but... My admission wasn't coming true because uh, Nigeria. Mm. I mean, you need you need a long leg to to get some things done. And look at how, how long my legs are. <laughs> you, you, you understand. So yeah. the long and short is, I I got this computer science admission, and for the first one year in school, all I did was to run away from it. Like I just wanted to run away. <laughs> I spent one whole year mm. trying to find a way to get to medicine. And so it was even more difficult than getting admission into medicine. Mm. Yes, yes. You have to set to provost of College mm-hmm. of Medicine, you have to blah 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 and I have a kind of dad who who can even follow you to the door to sort out anything. Mm. Whatever you need to get done, you have to get it done by yourself. And um, it was a difficult upbringing for me, but in the end, I think I'm grateful for it because mm-hmm. it's what made me into the man I yeah. am today. Yeah. Um, I, I have little or no dependency or any external factor apart from God. Mm-hmm. Whatever I need to get done, I I I take responsibility first, you know, for my res- for my decisions and, and actions. So the long and short is it was only until 200 level mm-hmm. that I sat down and decided to fall to not even fall in love makes sense you know that's what okay <laughs> because in the end i was going to be a useless graduate yeah but i knew that i have the capacity to be not to not mm. be useless because i could read you get I, so I, I started to convert my energy and passion for medicine gradually for computer science and so when i started to look at the curriculum and what is in this in this thing anyways after the after burning one year mm. you know not achieving mm. what i wanted i now discovered that um first the curriculum doesn't even make sense. It's yeah. a lot of abstract, abstract. Two, you're studying computer science and you're doing most of maths. And you're doing most of math. God bless you. And at some point, <laughs> and you I say, studied computer science too. Ah, <laughs> so you're doing most of maths. You're also doing plenty of electronics. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's not even connecting to what the computer yeah. science thing is like. And unfortunately, um, uh, we we also had lecturers that were bigger versions of Mr. Labi. Mm. You know, they also didn't really know what they were talking about. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of our lecturers with due apologies also could not solve problems with the computer science. Yes, yes. They are just the academic wing of it, and I didn't want to become that, and so I had to drop out of school. Uh, no, not not 
officially mm. because that one mm, i mean now can you go chop for us <laughs> <laughs> i had to drop out of school with my mind and drop in on the the most important part of technology which is actually the core skills so i started to learn java nobody was going to teach me java it wasn't even in the curriculum mm. from 100 level to 500 level so i saw i got someone who knew java a classmate you know and i started becoming his friend and this is where friendship comes in mm. uh, people have no idea that they are a product of the five most conversant people in their network mm. you understand and it, it's not even you don't even need to do a math you get what i'm trying to say and that's why i'm very careful about the people that surround me mm. i'm very careful about the people who i roll with you know at mm. every time mm. i don't joke with the energy that i'm receiving if the energy is not good you know Whiskey said, bad energy, stay far away. You know, you need to be able to measure the kind of energy mm. you're getting at any point because it affects who you're becoming. Mm. It's not about pride or whatever. It's just about being clear. Mm. You know, we talked about clarity yeah, earlier. Yeah. It's just about being clear about your journey, where you're heading to. So uh, I got to make friends who knew what my lecturers don't know. And there's a lesson in this. Yeah. Um, sometimes what you paid for is not actually the service you need. Sometimes um it is the other thing that is happening around that place mm. and so a lot of students that are listening to us now young people um you're not just in school to complete that curriculum and you know and make sure you didn't you mm. didn't fail any course and get a certificate and get a certificate. Afterwards. what makes you a graduate is your ability to pass all the course you know if you fail one course you won't graduate you have to mm. take that course again you yeah. have to t- score at least 40. but if you fulfill that part of the entire journey you're still not a graduate yet so sometimes what you went to school for is not actually that curriculum it's what is not in the curriculum that's what makes you a complete person Mm. i go to this guy's house in the night taught me how to he taught me how to write my first line of code hello world (laughs) you know um uh let me let me remember the system dot out dot print dot print line line, into brackets you know double quotes you put whatever you want yeah double quote again and then you print and then the moment you see your first line of code being displayed you're like wow yes it it was really exciting so i learned java and java is really sweet and so i went deep because i could read Mm -hmm. you know i fell in love with reading a long time ago while i was in school Mm -hmm. so i started reading everything that was on java and so i knew it to a point and then I, i i started coding with notepad you know, no ID. Mm. So um, coding with Nova is, is the best for starters. So it makes you know every little detail that you're writing. Mm-hmm. So because if there's one single error, it won't yeah, compile, yeah. it won't run. And so um, it took me almost like a whole year doing just notepad programming mm-hmm. before I started to use IDs. So when I got introduced to NetBeans mm-hmm. and um, which other one, um, NetBeans and uh, Eclipse, you know, and all those tools, it was like wow what's this when you type one code it, it suggests what you want to do yeah. for you so it was really good and so we started building uh light scale applications started building we started solving problems for final year students you won't mm. believe that nice. you know started solving problems for even master students you know we collect sharp sharp money solve the problem <laughs> develop the software in fact develop it into an installation package that they will just install on their system mm. and they're good you know i mean i got project from unila i got project from the several schools wow. so I began to now see how interesting, you know, technology is because it's about solving problems. If it doesn't solve problem, you just know all these theories in your head, then mm. it doesn't make sense. Mm. So, and since then, I've started to pick, you know, different knowledge. I moved from there to learn um, database management, Oracle database. So I did my SQL, OCA, OCP. It was interesting. And from there, uh, I began to work for 
different little organizations i work for a small company then i moved to a multinational in lagos then boom um, the national youth service corps invited me to work for them mm. you know that's post service so i worked with the nyt for four years as a software developer i built the first and official nyc mobile application that is used by over seventy thousand coppers nationwide uh, i did that first as a copper when i was seven in 2012 2013 in lagos um so I, I was just tired of you know a lot of a lot of um things going on like you know coppers have issues of maybe somebody boggled your hostel mm. and there's nobody to talk to mm. so uh, there should be a place you could you should be able to go your alawi didn't come mm. when everybody has been paid there should be a place you should go to also i noticed that we NYC was heavy on paper. When you go to the camp, they give you all sort of documents, mm-hmm. ABC of Said, ABC mm-hmm. of CDS, this one, this one, and then everybody forgets those papers in the camp. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the most likely thing. They also give you a language manual, if yeah. you notice. Yes. If you serve in, um, in the eastern part of Nigeria, they I give start, you... A, I served in Abba. Abia. So they yes. probably give you a, a manual on Igbo, yes. today. Igbo language, yes. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I, I'm not sure you know where that document is. <laughs> <laughs> I left most of it in yeah. the camp. You left most of it in the camp, so it's unfortunate. And it's because... <laughs> It's, a, it's because we are already in a technological age mm. where papers don't count as much as digital tools. Mm. So what I did was I digitized all of those things mm. on, into an app. I even digitized the language manual. Wow. And then also went an extra mile by providing audio. Wow. Now, the, the book that they give you on camp cannot pronounce the words for you. Yes, you yes. just say, Otutu Oma, mm. and that's not how to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. It's Otutu Oma. Yes, yes. You know, so um, for all of those words, we wrote the Igbo, I mean, we wrote the English, we wrote mm. what it means in Igbo according mm. to the manuals, and then we did an audio production to put. So, once you just click play in front of that word, it will just pronounce it for you. So that you don't say a caro, mm. you say a caro. Yeah. So we did Hausa, Igbo, and Yoruba. It was very mm. impressive. Mm. Uh, it was post service when I was already done with NYC mm. that the uh, management of the NYC saw the app. <coughs> um, uh, there's this big Etel before they became what are they now? I think they are still Etel. Etel. Uh, what, what, I couldn't. Uh, no, okay, still, I think they were still at uh, Zayn. They were Zane at the time, uh, 2013. No, they were. They already moved from Zane. I think they, are, they just became Etel at the time. You know, they were ready to sponsor the application at that time. So it got some attention also from the MTN App Store. So NYC themselves also woke up and said, Ah, somebody has done this thing for, and it's mm. even a copper, and is it not even collecting money, ah, and all that. Why can't we invite him? You know, so that, that was how I got invited to the NYC. I, I thought it was going to be like a contract thing. Ah, come on, fix this problem. But boom, they gave me unemployment. And, and this is an employment that a lot of people want to mm. lobby for. I, I mean, so I got to Abuja and then they moved me. They first posted me to Oshun State, the NYC Oshun State headquarters, before I now joined them at the headquarters in Abuja. So I was in, I was in the headquarters for four years. And so it was funded. The project was funded by the DG at the time. And... It was also the one that wrote forward for my book. We'll talk about that one mm. later. So the DG funded the project because it was really, I mean, it was really interested in making yeah. it work, and it worked. Uh, so we launched it across the 36 states. Couples were using it, so they could connect to us. In fact, the DG would sit down in his office, and uh, by click of a button, he would know all the couples that have issues mm. who are using the app. Mm. So we boycotted all of the protocols and yeah, uh, yeah. procedures. Um, uh, they will tell you the state coordinator is not around. Yes, so yes. LGI, that's just a level eight guy. You know, well, you're you're on the same level because you're a graduate too. If you get yes, a job, yes. 
if you I mean the level eight guys you level eight guy too but because it's the LGI mm-hmm. you just put all of you into trouble you know and then form your guy for you mm-hmm. so with the app you have you have crushed him mm-hmm. I mean you're already speaking to the state coordinator mm-hmm. and even if the state coordinator doesn't attend to you the DG can see your request like from his mm-hmm. desk because he was interested in seeing it and they can ask them why is this person not paid you get it and so it was it was a very good one and then it was I mean, I did a couple of things. I also set up social media for the NYC across um, across the social media, Twitter, Instagram, and um, Facebook. And then I built the official website of the NYC when I was about to leave in 2017. Yeah. Uh, so you would expect me to spend 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't in for that. And that's what clarity does. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is linking to everything. And when I joined the NYC, I knew I was not going to be there for forever. Why? Because I'm, I'm a man of dreams, right? I have a lot of things going on in my head even as we speak so and again i had to resign from um my job at the multinational company if i had to i had to suffer a pay cut you know consider it like you're you're earning x naira in a place and then mm-hmm. you're moving to this new job mm-hmm. where you are paid x over two mm-hmm. <laughs> so but some people thought i mean why was i doing that mm-hmm. it was not because my father told me go and do it is mm-hmm. a what do you call it? He has pension. It's pensionable. Is this? No, that wasn't what moved me to do it. One thing, one of the reasons why I accepted the offer from the NYC was because uh, it was a yes to my dreams. Because my dream was to use coppers using this thing actually officially. I had built it, but it wasn't the official app. So the one that I initially built um, with the help of my friends, then uh, we called it Copper Shop. You get it. We couldn't call it NYC. In fact, we couldn't use the NYC logo because there are, there are standards yeah, yeah. and restrictions yeah. to this thing. But when the NYC invited me over, I thought about everything. They are, they're actually giving me a blank a blank sheet, you know, a canvas and say, draw whatever you like to do because we have seen what you have done. You know, just make it official now. You know, so uh, I did it for that reason. You know, for the reason why I had a dream in my tiny corner of the room mm-hmm. and somebody's giving me the entire organization is giving me an opportunity to make that dream come true so it's beyond the salary so i suffered you know earning less because i know that my, my former job was in lagos you know i was doing well for myself where where we're deploying security solutions for banks i mean big banks women bank uh, union bank we had we're standing back on our clientele i mean all of those banks have worked in their server room at the headquarters and so it was interesting mm-hmm, yeah. even though it's tiring the legal life and all <laughs> but i had to take this in. and so when i was leaving my my boss was not very happy because he couldn't understand why a young person like me who has potentials and skills will go and join civil service like it's like what are you what are you what do you want to go and do there but he, he, he didn't see the full picture of where i was coming from and why it was important to me at that time so and then i didn't apply for the job you know, I mean, most I mean, I've not even applied for any job except except for the one I'm doing now. But that's the topic for another day. Employability. I mean, we can talk about it in yeah. a, in, a, in a complete podcast. So the long and short, I worked with NYC for four years, and uh, when I was tired, when I was done, <laughs> when I was done, and I already made my mark. You know, I had to leave. I had to take a bow, and people thought I was joking to like, ah. Who does that? Who mm. who just wake up and say he's not doing federal government job, Abba, mm. and you have a big office in Abuja, mm. everybody is doing ah, 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 but you know clarity is king. I mean that could be your own goal. That could be where you want to go and sit down because there's AC in the office. Mm. That's not where I want to be. <laughs> you know I want to be somewhere else. And today I, I'm very grateful for what I'm doing. I consult for an international firm, um, and then like 
we are we're client to the dfid the uk aid and I, I enjoy every day of my life like solving real life problems for marginalized youths in the in the northwest uh, so what we do the program is called mafita what we do is we have a mandate to train about 60,000 marginalized youths in the northwest so our project expands um, across Kano, Kaduna, Katsina and Chigawa states okay. yeah so um, there's this very big issue of Almajiri in the north mm-hmm. in the north where children are abandoned some of them travel from far away to come learn and bec- uh, as they're learning the, the traditional system um, is that you're learning under a teacher the Mualim, the Mala mm-hmm. right and so you're not paying him because you actually can't pay your parents have sent you to him you sleep in his place mm-hmm. and he has wife or wives and somehow he's responsible for feeding you mm-hmm. so in the traditional system um, what they do in return is to farm they farm for the for the um, what do you call it the for, for the malam mm-hmm. and also helping with stuff. So what they farm is what they sell. Mm-hmm. So they feed them from the proceeds of the farm oh, yeah. and whatever I mean they sell and make profit is what like takes care of like their mm-hmm. tuition. Mm-hmm. But because agriculture has suffered a lot, um, a lot of people have left agriculture for you know it's no longer interesting. Mm-hmm. And so these children, uh, the easy way, quote unquote. Uh, is to let them go to the street to beg and so you see them at restaurants you see them on the street you see them everywhere just with bowls looking for what to eat mm-hmm. because technically one mala who has his own you know six to seven children mm-hmm. cannot now feed 200 other children yeah you know so what they just do is once they wake up in the morning they have the early morning prayers after that they do their first class like uh, they have this uh, what do they call it now? Remind me. Alo. Alo, yeah. So they have this alo. They write all of those things in, and once they are done, mm-hmm. you know, with the morning class, they go onto the streets mm-hmm. to find breakfast, and then um, in some certain um, research work and also some books, uh, they have documented the almajiri process. Some of them are also given a target per day. The morning yeah. they have to bring to back bring to the mala, and it's and a then, big and then problem. When, when they get uh, a very very good food or thereabouts, they take it back to the mala. You see, so so they are not just begging for food; they are also begging for money. Mm. They have a target per day, and sometimes, and these children are punished if they don't meet that target. Mm. In some climes, it is eighteen naira that you have to deliver. So whatever you make beyond that eighteen naira is yours to keep. Mm. Yeah, and you see, they are not wearing sleepers and all that. So the UK government um, is dedicated about thirty million pounds, mm. you know, to trying to find a solution to this. And so what we're doing, our theory of change is, uh, pick these people, you know and then give them skills and uh, after skills then we connect them to the economic development part which is to either get them to start their own businesses or get them uh, a paid employment because as they are raw they usually wouldn't be i mean able to fit into any skilled mm, labor yeah you understand so that's what we've been doing since 2015 and uh, the project will end next year okay. and for me uh, I'm, I'm the data management uh, guy for the project so I manage all of the information flow and also I do M&E monitoring and evaluation for the project and it's interesting so that's what I do now uh, since I left the NYC. Okay so speaking yeah. about technology and innovation I was going through your profile online and then I saw a Girong, uh, did I pronounce? Yeah Girong. Girong. Yeah, VR. So what VR. inspired that? Basically to showcase history mm-hmm. And then let people know about 
some of those lost uh, things they don't know about in yeah. yeah so uh Jurong Vira is uh, is an interesting venture uh, it's based in Kano uh, okay. if, if I'm allowed to do some adverts <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're allowed yeah. <laughs> you know and then we're, we're hoping to expand to every major city in Nigeria okay um it's born out of my passion for traveling and also my passion for technology like we've been talking about okay. so um I love Nigeria, just like everybody is saying, like they love Nigeria, and it's it's sad that a lot of us travel to Kenya, um, and then to other places, Dubai particularly, you know, for vacation, blah 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 blah. But the unfortunate thing is, there's a lot of interesting monuments and things in Nigeria mm. that we have not even explored. The sad part is we don't even know them to start with. And so um, as a child, my, my fantasy, one of my fantasies was traveling. You get like, I don't know if it's a function of um, the kind of upbringing that I had, you know, that was like a box, box life. So I, I love every opportunity that will take me out, out outside of things. So <clears throat> I recall that all through my secondary school, I never missed one excursion, <laughs> even if it's to go and beg and cry mm. and I mean or fundraise myself mm. I would attend you know so um, I've traveled to 32 states in Nigeria you know there are only four states that I've not been to mm. in the in the whole of the country and every time so sometimes I travel to work for work um, sometimes most times I travel to speak you know people invite me from all corners of the country to speak and I've seen how beautiful this country is um, every state in Nigeria has at least two to three places that are worthy of note, mm. you know. Uh, but the challenge is Nigerians are not even aware to start with, you know. So I started Jirong VR when I when I began to research about the technology of virtual reality. Mm. You know, it's a technology that can actually make you be in a place without without going there in your body and you're going mm. to experience almost the same feelings mm. and so i found a way to fuse tourism with tech mm. you know the tech of the future which is vr so basically um i we looked at all the all the things that make tourism difficult in nigeria first tourism is expensive you have to travel and then two we are not a country with roads because you have to travel from you get from one very far distance to another place number three is a lot of us are busy and we have lives mm. so what we're doing is we're making sure that within your city without having to travel or a big budget and, and you know you are free again there's another problem of um, cross-cultural fears mm. you know the house man you know he's afraid of the Igbo man so he would never go to see the coal mines in Enugu mm. you get you get what I'm trying to say mm. a um, what do you call it now a Sokoto man will never go to Enugu just to say, okay, he wants to go and see the coal mines. Do you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah. If it's for business and it's going to make money, maybe mm. he would consider it. Mm. You go, but for tourism, I mean, that may never happen. So mm. what we want to be able to achieve is the Sokoto man who doesn't want to leave Sokoto, that's fine. Let him be in Sokoto at the capital. Mm. We'll bring the coal mine for him. <laughs> yeah, and you can experience it. Um, so that's what we've been doing. Um, so we're, we're trying to build partnerships with all of these places. And we're not just doing it just for the fun of it. We're trying to also raise funds for the development and sustainability of those locations. Mm. And so when we go to a place and then we show people at our experience center, whatever money we're making, we're dedicating a percentage of that profit to go back to the location that you viewed. So if you view your career game reserve, 
in fear at our place um, we're working to build a partnership such that we can pay a certain percentage of that money you paid mm. you get whether it was Lagos or in um, Enugu because a lot of people want to see your carry but it's just very far away mm. you know and so VR is what brings it very close to them okay. mm. and so that's so what we do. What are the challenges so far? Ah well a lot a lot of challenges first is um, um, skilled skilled labor uh, like um, we have we we have a need for people to work on our team and you know we have not been able to get the right people mm. like so far because one we have very low budgets mm. and we're even recruiting at the moment and trying to get um, the right hands in the right in the right places okay. two is it's not a, it's not a simple task do you get because we need to build these partnerships a lot of these places don't even understand the technology yeah. you get yeah. so we have to come down translate some of the things and tell them this is exactly what it what, what it will look like yeah. you know so um, funding is also a challenge yeah. uh, we're looking for financing and all that because we want to at least have our experience center in every major city in the country not just yeah. Kano that we are in right now so in summary what are your parting words I haven't took us journey so far yeah all of those things you've done yeah and someone listening right here and right now will be like i want to be like him <laughs> yeah maybe so what okay what are my passing words yes, um yes. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this it's, it's the same passing words that i've said in the last five years uh, there are so many rights that you have mm. in the constitution you have a right to life you have a right to freedom of speech you have a right to association right to everything but there's one right that you have that's not captured in the constitution and that's the right to motivation okay right so you have the right to be motivated uh, whether it was documented or not i, I mean, i'm here to tell mm. you like like free of charge like mm. straight into your height straight straight into your face that you have a right to be motivated you need to always find the energy from within and also associate i mean listen to programs like this you know because uh, motivation comes from all sort of places but you have to be intentional about what you're looking for mm. you get if they say you have a right to freedom uh, freedom of speech you may never you may never explore that right if you say you have a right to association you may still be dying in silence despite mm. the fact that even that right is documented how much more you're right that was undocumented so mm. i've been living my life to make sure people know that they indeed have a right to be motivated so if you see me on the road just shout just scream from afar <laughs> you have a right to be motivated so thank you very much for your time my pleasure and then how can one reach you online yeah so i'm available on all social media platforms um uh, except for snapchat because <laughs> I, I i don't think i understand snapchat <laughs> you're not alone <laughs> so you can search for my handle at mdtamu the md is e m d double e then my tiamu is t i a m i y u okay. so if you put all that together and search from any platform it's definitely even if it's google you, you're going to get uh, enough information thank uh, you very much for it my pleasure this episode of uplift podcast has come to a close so now it's time to start acting on some of those things that was learned in the episode so feel free to share with your friends to discover more visit podcast.uplift.ng